0: The Brent's broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Pleasure to have you in, as always. I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend filled with great family time and a lot of good food. Stomach should be full. I know mine is. Uh, we were also filled with great sports content over the long Thanksgiving weekend. Obviously, we had fantastic NFL football on Thanksgiving, as we do every year. We had great college football games over the weekend that are shaking up the playoff like no other week we've seen thus far this year. Tiger and Phil had the match. Tiger Woods, the greatest of all time golfer. Phil Mickelson, best, one of the best of his generation, stepped up for a $9 million match. That was played over the weekend head-to-head. Some great NBA content we saw And so, a lot to get into. We start with none other than today's big-time headline. And today's big-time headline is none other than the fact that we're going to have a new top four in the college football playoff come tomorrow. The selection committee, as always, will announce their top four Tuesday, 7.30 on ESPN. And so we're going to whip around on some of the scores that happened this past weekend and, and discuss how we think it's going to shape up. Number one, Alabama took care of business against Auburn, 52-21, to staying undefeated. They're without a doubt the best team in college football. Almost no team looks like they can beat them. Number two, Clemson beat South Carolina, 56-35. Number four, Michigan was upset by number 10, Ohio State University, in blowout fashion, 62-39. to Number three, Notre Dame just slides past USC, 24-17. Number six, Oklahoma beat West Virginia, 59-56, just barely. And number five, Georgia took care of their in-state rival, Georgia Tech, 45-21. to So we got a lot going on here in the college football playoff. The selection committee is going to have a challenge on their hands this week because we see a lot of differences being shaken up in college football None bigger than Michigan losing to Ohio State. Uh, Jim Harbaugh just has not been able to beat Ohio State in his tenure at Michigan. That did not change this weekend. Uh, Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes just looked way too offensively skilled for the Michigan defense, uh, win, which we thought was one of the better defenses in college football. Uh, just not the case this week. Um Number three, Notre Dame. This is a big story, really, because they were down to USC 17-3 at a part in this game. Ended up pulling it out 24-7, to but in the beginning of the game, they were down 10-0, and USC is seen as one of the biggest disappointments in college football this season for a blue blood program that's just always been great at football. They're known for putting out good quarterback play. A lot of NFL quarterbacks uh, went to USC in their college days, and they just have not been good this year. And Notre Dame's been fantastic. But they, they were looking a little mediocre against USC. And although they won, this is going to have a big impact on their college football result because Notre Dame could take a slide in the rankings, maybe to number four, who knows? Maybe lower. I don't know. Maybe they'll stay the same. But I think Notre Dame's performance could have warranted a shift in the playoffs for them, uh, even though that they won that game. Michigan is for sure getting bumped out. Of, of the playoff uh, while Clemson and Alabama most likely stay one and two. The big question is who slides into the fourth spot, assuming Notre Dame stays at number three, who slides into the fourth spot. It's really between Georgia and Oklahoma. In my opinion, Georgia and Oklahoma both one loss teams. However, Georgia won its game against Georgia tech in convincing fashion. Oklahoma had a tougher matchup against the 16th ranked West Virginia, only winning by three points. It'll be interesting to see which way the committee goes versus uh, whether they'll evaluate based off of who deserves or based off a resume. You could argue that Oklahoma might put a better matchup against Alabama simply because they can put up a lot of points on offense. You could argue that Georgia should deserve it because uh, they just look like they might be the more consistent team across the board as far as offense and defense. Uh, That's something that we're very interested in getting into tomorrow night. Uh, We'll have a lot to talk about that on our Wednesday podcast uh, after the— Top 4 is announced tomorrow night on Tuesday 7:30 on ESPN. Next as always we have today's big time surprise and that top surprise was none other than Lamar Jackson doing it again for the Baltimore Ravens beating the Oakland Raiders 34 to 17. Lamar Jackson increased the Ravens record to 6 and 5 while the Oakland Raiders fall to 2 and 9, terrible season in the first season under John Gruden. Nonetheless, Lamar Jackson threw for 178 yards, two interceptions and a touchdown. On the ground, 11 carries for 71 yards and a rushing touchdown. His longest carry being 39 yards, averaging seven yards per pass attempt. Lamar Jackson, this is very interesting here because Joe Flacco still appears to be hurt. And our big-time surprise is Lamar Jackson gets another W for the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens, who started the year hot, had took a big slip and fell all the way to where they are now at 6-5. They were 5-5 five and five before Lamar Jackson got them this W, 4-5 and five before his previous win in his first start last week. Listen, Joe Flacco, unfortunately for him, is on his final year of his contract. So it's a contract year for Joe Flacco. This is one of any year. This is one of the main years that you wanna be on the field so that you can perform your best and prove not just to your organization, but to the NFL that you are worth a big contract for the next four years or so. Joe Flacco ideally would come into this season have one of his best seasons since his Super Bowl victory, which was also a contract year, and subsequently his best year in the NFL was a contract year. Theoretically, he should do that again and warrant himself another big contract in the NFL. However, he has injured himself and was out the past two weeks. We don't know his status for the next game. John Harbaugh has elected not to disclose that to the media in hopes of throwing the opponent off by forcing them to prepare for both quarterbacks. Nonetheless, Lamar Jackson has stepped in in the meantime and has seemed to electrify the the offense. And while Lamar Jackson, in no means necessary, is playing fantastic, neither was Joe Flacco. And that's really why we're having this conversation, because Lamar Jackson... In this past game, his QBR QBR is only 35.7. His rating is only 58.4. I mean, those aren't great numbers, but Baltimore got the win, as they did last week. Joe Flacco's not 100%, and and we're getting great quotes from the receivers and other players on offense saying that they feel very good with Lamar Jackson at the helm. So if you're John Harbaugh, whose job is on the hot seat himself, then continuing with Lamar Jackson is not at all a bad idea. You're know you most likely not making the playoffs this season unless they go off on a great run. What better time to find out what you have in a rookie quarterback than the remainder of this season while Joe Flacco is hurt? No need to rush him back. Keep starting Lamar Jackson while Joe Flacco gets healthy. Find what you have in Lamar Jackson at the moment. Allow for the coaches and coordinators to get used to calling plays for a running quarterback because Joe Flacco is simply a pocket passer, so they're not used to calling plays for a running quarterback and allow defenses you play this year to be thrown off by the fact that they've got to play against a quarterback that they don't have tape on and that they're not prepared for. So Lamar Jackson has been a big surprise, our big-time surprise today, in the NFL and the Baltimore Ravens. While Joe Flacco is hurt, they're getting a lot of production out of the rookie as far as his ability to throw and run. And so the Ravens, they've won two games with him. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, as many people would say. So We will wait till Joe Flack is 100% healthy to give him a chance to come back, and the Ravens will see what they have in Lamar Jackson in a year that we're seeing a lot of production out of a lot of young quarterbacks. And so, of course, we get the positives from the big-time surprise. We've got to take on the negatives from today's big-time letdown. The big-time letdown today, come on, it's obvious. The University of Michigan, the Wolverines, what a pathetic output. That they had against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ranked number four. Getting blown out by number 10 Ohio State. 62 to 39. I mean what what a pathetic performance by the Wolverines. The fan base there has to be distraught. Jim Harbaugh needs to. For the past few years. He's 0-7 against the Ohio State Buckeyes. He hasn't won a game against their biggest rival. In his entire tenure. As the head coach in the Michigan Wolverines. Today they look lousy against the Buckeyes 62 to 39 blowout fashion getting destroyed on the road against the Buckeyes shape excuse me uh, Dwayne Haskins 20 of 31 396 yards and six touchdowns six touchdowns against the defense that was said to be one of the best in college football not today not today the Michigan Wolverines got killed in Ohio they looked horrible. The yards aren't even equivocal at all. 567 total yards for Ohio State, only 401 for Michigan. Passing yards, even more of a difference. 396 passing yards from Dwayne Haskins and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Only 240 passing yards out of Michigan. And in reality, uh, Michigan had two turnovers through two interceptions. Ohio State capitalized on those. I mean, Michigan led the time of possession, 35 minutes to 24 minutes. But, I mean, they're just screwing around during that time because Ohio State was being efficient. They were dropping points and, and taking less time. Seven points in the first quarter, 17 and 17 in the second and third, 21 in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter is finally when Michigan decided to come alive. And in reality, you know, the problem is coming out of halftime. Three to seven at the end of the first quarter, manageable. Michigan scores 16 points in the second quarter. Ohio State scores 17. So a pretty equal quarter. In the third quarter, I don't know what Jim Harbaugh said to his team at halftime, but it turned him backwards because they scored zero points in the third quarter while Ohio State rolled 17 on them and just took a huge lead going into the fourth quarter in which Michigan came back alive scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter and Ohio State scored 21, but it's too late at that point. This is garbage time it's a 62 to 39 victory. You're scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter. And I mean, it's just too late. It's just simply just too late. You only have 19 for through three quarters. And the other team has has is, is approaching 50. So uh, what a terrible output by a team that's ranked number four. I mean, can you believe people really thought that the Wolverines would have a chance Against Alabama? Had they played number one Alabama in the first round of the playoff? I mean, can you even believe if we would have seen that game? Alabama's offense is better than Ohio State's. I mean, it just would have been an abomination. I mean, what a disappointment for for Jim Harbaugh. If you're Michigan, you're really looking at this like, yeah, we've got a good coach who's who's led us to winning seasons over his tenure, but I mean, he's just not beating the rivals. I mean, he finally got a good win against Michigan State this year, but he's 0-7 against Ohio State. That's their biggest rival. That's the game they look forward to every single year they've got that one circled on the calendar and starred all around it and Jim Harbaugh quite frankly just is not getting the job done it's it's a shame it really is it really is a shame for that program and they they i mean they really got to look at something there because their chances in the playoff are gone they're out of the top 4 i'm sorry it's been a great season but it's just the inevitable The Michigan Wolverines are out of the top four. They're not getting back in. It's impossible because they're not playing in the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State's going to play Northwestern. Michigan's chances are done. They're not getting in the top four, not with Oklahoma and Georgia winning this week. If both of those teams have lost, maybe they'd have I – mean, you can't even say they'd have a chance because they lost to Ohio State. So Ohio State's got to be ranked ahead of them. It's got to be ranked ahead of them. So, I mean, just just a, just a bad week for that program. They waited until the last week of their season to, to blow their playoff berth it, that was all but solidified. It, what a shame. What a shame. Uh, some other big stories around sports happening over the weekend – Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, played against his former head coach, Hugh Jackson on Sunday and the Browns came out with the win over the Bengals. And the bigger story has been, uh, Baker Mayfield's lack of embracing a handshake at the end of the game with his former coach, Hugh Jackson. And, uh, we've got some sound bites that have been going around in the news today. Uh, here's Baker Mayfield after the the game in the postgame press conference. Um. He said, good job, good game. Um, yeah, that was brief. I didn't feel like talking. It's you or him? Me. Why not? I don't know. It left Cleveland, goes down to Cincinnati. I don't know. It's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team. We play twice a year. Everybody can have their spin on it, but that's how I feel. So you had a, a little bit of a bad taste in your brain. No, I mean it's just like any rivalry game. That's just how it is now. That's how I'm gonna treat it every time we play them. But it's it's nothing, you know. There's no hate. That's just how it is. That's how I'm gonna treat it. And I think that's how our team should treat it too. So really interesting take there. Obviously Baker Mayfield isn't happy with his former coach going to a new team. Uh, I think this could go either way. Uh, Hugh Jackson was fired. He didn't quit and go to a rival. So it's not like he had much of a choice to go to some other team that wouldn't rival the team he just got fired from. Baker Mayfield's kind of saying this in a way as if Hugh Jackson just... Quit on. I mean, this isn't a Durant going to Golden State situation where he had a choice. I mean, Hugh Jackson got fired and he and he signed a deal with a team, uh, where the head coach Marvin Lewis is one of his best friends, uh, who was willing to employ him for the rest of his rest of the season at least uh, before Marvin Lewis gets fired possibly. So I mean, Hugh Jackson's trying to rebuild his career and hopefully get another uh, coaching job in the NFL. You can't really blame him for that. On the other hand, I mean, what do you expect out of a out of a rivalry? Out of a rival matchup, I mean, what is Baker Mayfield supposed to do? Is is he obligated to be hundred percent happy to see his former coach? Maybe they didn't click that well, or maybe it just doesn't matter that much to him. The Browns look better than they did after firing Hugh Jackson, and as far as I'm concerned, Baker Mayfield's just like on to the next. I mean, it was great to see him. We got a W. We're moving on to the next game. So there really isn't, you know, it could go either way. I can't blame either of them for feeling any, time, any type of way about this situation. More in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers lost to the Minnesota Vikings 24-17 on Sunday Night Football last night. The Green Bay Packers fall to 4-6-1, 0-6 on the road. Can you believe that? Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, 0-6 on the road this season. Terrible output when they're away from Lambeau Field. While the Vikings improve to 6-4-1, the Chicago Bears still lead the NFC North. Uh, at eight and uh, excuse me, at eight and three, the Chicago Bears lead that division, and it's it's over for the Packers this year. Uh, and here's Aaron Rodgers after the game. I mean, he's basically saying we got to win out to have a chance and get a lot of help. There's no doubt about that. We are where we're at right now, uh, record wise. We're gonna need some help um, from some teams, and then we gotta take care of our own business. You know, we're gonna have to find a way to win a game on the road. We're owing. Six on the road. Tiger and Phil's the match happened over the weekend. Phil Mickelson beat Tiger Woods in 22 holes. The event had to go to a playoff. Uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson squared off in Las Vegas in a match play event uh, for $9 million. A bunch of bets happened on holes in between like they would when some buddies just play golf on a golf course. All the money, including the $9 million, went to charity of their choice. Uh, so good in that sense. Um, Phil Mickelson did beat Tiger Woods in 22 holes uh, by one and uh so an interesting result there in the match uh you know this doesn't shake up anything as far as who's the better golfer to any of you who don't pay attention to golf Tiger Woods is still by career the better golfer than Phil Mickelson Tiger's the greatest of all time uh I I really just don't know how you see it past that Phil Mickelson was quoted earlier in the week saying uh Tiger is the greatest of all time and you know they honestly both didn't have a good day playing golf. Neither of them played well. If anybody watched, I mean, I don't think I don't know if many people watched. It really wasn't a good television, uh, a sports contest. I'll be honest with you. I love golf, but this was really boring, honestly. And I'm a big uh, Tiger Woods advocate. I'm a big fan of Phil Mickelson. This was this was pretty boring for television. Uh, but nonetheless, it was two of the greatest of their generation two of the best of all time. And and they finally squared off. Uh, they, they gave this a little bit of a boxing feel to see who was better. It really doesn't resolve that. We already know who's better. Um, it was really just for the charity, for the entertainment, uh, a great a chance to try to uh, bring some attention to golf. I think it did that. I don't know if it produced, in my opinion, on being very entertaining, just because golf kind of pride itself in being able to rapidly switch from one golfer to another. When you only have two on the course, there isn't really much you can do when they're walking from shot to shot. Nonetheless, Tiger and Phil concluded with Phil Mickelson, uh, winning after 22 holes and a bunch of playoff holes. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's my take. It wasn't a great TV event, but great to have it. Uh, and so, um, you know, Tiger and Phil, uh, good for what it was. Uh, some quick headlines. Marco Fultz is on the trading block in Philadelphia in the NBA uh, he's It's a crazy situation going on in Philadelphia Because Fultz is is talking to his lawyer And he's not going to play basketball anymore Until they get his shoulder checked out I don't know if this is coming with a lawsuit Because maybe the team didn't carry uh, Out his shoulder procedures And, and rehabs as they should have Marco Fultz looks terrible On the NBA basketball court He looks horrible I mean he could go down as one of the biggest busts In NBA history If he doesn't get this together Maybe a change of scenery uh, will will do him better uh, in his NBA future. But there are reports coming out of Philadelphia that Fultz is no longer in the long-term plans for Philadelphia. So expect him to get moved at some point this season unless they can figure something special out. Blake Bortles is getting benched in Jacksonville. What a disappointment, that team. Saxonville is just... Is just- it's terrible this year. Uh, they're they're probably the biggest disappointment in the NFL. Uh, is Jacksonville? You could put Atlanta in there too, but Jacksonville's probably the biggest disappointment. They were in the AFC Championship last year against against the Patriots, thinking that they should have gone to the Super Bowl last year. This year, they can barely. They have three wins. Uh, what a disgrace! Blake Bortles is horrible at quarterback. He's he's bad at playing quarterback, and they fired their offensive coordinator too. So Jacksonville's just they're just redoing everything. They just don't look good. They need a lot of rehaul there. I wouldn't say blow it up because they still got great players on defense. Uh, they've got they've got good running backs, but they've got to get a quarterback in there, and they might have to change up the. I don't, they they've got to get an offensive guy in there with a better quarterback. I mean, the problem is, is that you bench you bench uh, Blake Bortles and you bring in Cody Kessler, who who's ranked like thirtieth out of all quarterback. Oh, he's ranked pretty much last. Uh, compared to his career stats To what quarterbacks are performing this, year, this season He's ranked last in that So they're not getting an upgrade from Blake Bortles So this is how you see that it's Desperation by Jacksonville I mean, Because they just signed Blake Bortles to A near max contract, they're paying him a lot of money Millions of dollars to be Less, less than mediocre Quite awful uh, I would say uh, In Jacksonville, one of the biggest disappointments In the NFL Well hey, just like that, it concludes our show Thanks for tuning in. We'll have more big-time headlines, surprises, and letdowns among the many other headlines in sports come Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to Brent's broadcast, the podcast as always. We'll see you next time.